Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's Tuesday, June 13th. Do you know what day it is? It is today, Sports Week. Hello and welcome to Today in Sports Betting. The day the Toronto Raptors won the cha- Oh, sorry. I guess we should talk about the Denver Nuggets winning the championship. We'll get to that in a second. But welcome to the show. I'm your host, Doug Reed. And as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Doug underscore Reed 34. And if you haven't already, please go to Sports Ethos, sportsethos.com and check out our website. Lots of interesting information there across every sport, wagering, fantasy, DFS, every major sport, and many others. A lot of free information, a lot of very reasonable packages. If you have any questions, by all means, send me a DM. Uh, Happy to answer them. Happy to help you through our site or any feedback on the show. And as always, if you could go to your podcast provider, rate and review, it would be much appreciated for me. And our crew at Sports Ethos here would appreciate it as well. Before we get to the show, let's do a little walk down memory lane for June 13th in history. 1997, the Chicago Bulls won the NBA championship, defeating Utah 4-2. In 2002, uh, the Detroit Red Wings beat the Carolina Hurricanes 3-1 to win the Stanley Cup four games to one, which was the Cups, uh, the Cup, Detroit's 10th championship. And Scotty Bowman retired after that, I think, with his ninth ring as an NHL coach. Definitely going down in history as one of the best coaches of all times. Uh, in 2012, San Francisco Giants Matt Kane became the first San Francisco pitcher in their history to pitch a perfect game as they defeated Houston. 2014, the LA Kings uh, won 3-2 in double overtime. I remember, remember watching this game, and I forget who scored the goal. It was a defenseman. I think he scored two goals that game, but um, scored in double OT to beat the Rangers four games to one to win the Kings second cup. So if you're a kid growing up, you picture playing baseball, hitting a grand slam in the bottom of the ninth, throwing a touchdown in football in football to win the Super Bowl. And in hockey, it's scoring an overtime winner to win the Stanley cup. And that happened in double OT, no less. 2012, the Golden State Warriors beat Cleveland to win their second championship in three years. And in 2009, as I, sorry, 19, as I started off the show, my Toronto Raptors, 114 to 110 over the Golden State Warriors to win their first and only championship in their history. Kawhi Leonard uh, was the MVP of the Raptors that year. And everybody remembers the big shot to beat out the 76ers with the uh, three bounces off the rim. But uh, they won the championship a few weeks later by beating the Golden State Warriors 114-110. to And on the basketball theme, 
congratulations to the Denver Nuggets for winning the NBA championship. They beat um, beat Miami 94-89 to win the series 4-1. On that, in that game, um, I thought the game was going to go over. I didn't bet the over, but I bet Miami plus nine. So it definitely covered there. And I also bet Bam Adebayo at 19 and a half points. And he had 18 in the first half, and he had no points late in the third. And then he finally hit another bucket to get over the uh, 19 and a half. So won that prop as well. But the Nuggets roll to win the series four games to one. In, uh, I thought it was going to go six. I think everybody thought Denver would win. Jokic wins the MVP. Everybody thought he would win that as well. So um, I thought the Heat would put up a little bit more of a fight, but they just seemed a little too old, a little too tired, and the Nuggets were quite impressive uh, in that series. So on to tomorrow's games. In the NHL, we're at game five. Right now, uh, it's back in Vegas. Vegas is up three games to one. In the series, Vegas won the first game at home 5-2. Vegas won the second game 7-2 at home. Then they went to Florida for a 3-2 Panthers win. Vegas came back and won 3-2 in a very close game in game four. Game goes back to, uh, series goes back to Vegas. Vegas is a huge favorite here. Coming in the money line at minus 170. And uh, you can get the buyback on the Panthers at plus 145. Total is six juice to the uh, under at minus 120 and the over at an even plus 100. And I can't, I, I like Vegas, I like Vegas to win a lot, um, but not at minus 170. That's a pretty steep price. When I look at where the money is on the money line, 76% of the vets, bets are in Vegas, 89% of the money, so a huge lean there. Uh, on the total of under six, 56% of the bets and 75% of the money. So the market and the big money is leaning to the under. And then in the puck line, which me is minus one and a half, which means they have to win by two. 75% of the bets are on Vegas, 87% of the money. And on the puck line, you can get Vegas at plus 160, or you can get the Panthers at plus one and a half. So Vegas minus one and a half, so they have to win by two, is plus 160, or Florida at plus one and a half is minus 190. So in other words, if they lose, if they lose by one, uh, they cover that. If they lose by two or more, they don't. And I actually think I'm going to go, I can't I can't back Vegas at minus 170. I think they're going to win, but that's just too, too high a price. I actually think I'm going to go Vegas plus 160 on the puck line. Uh, if this game is close, you know, Vegas gets up by a couple goals, three, four minutes left in the game, Florida's going to be pulling the goalie. Um, they're going to pull out all the stops to win. If Vegas is up by one with two minutes left, two and a half minutes left, there's a good chance that Florida pulls a goalie um, to try and get that extra goal. So they co- they they covered the puck line. They won 5-2 the first game. They covered it. They won 7-2. They covered it at home. They go to Florida. They win. They lose 3-2, and then they win 3-2. I think back in Vegas, I think they win, and I just don't find any value at minus 170. So at plus 160, I think there's a fair bit of value there. I'm going to be on Vegas at plus 160. It might also be in a Mark Stone uh, shot prop of uh, two and a half. And so basically he has to get three shots. He got zero shots last game, but he'd hit that uh, in the five games, I think five of the six games previous. And Mark Stone basically um, is right winger on the second line for Vegas. He's on the first power play unit. He's on the second line um, 
penalty kill unit. He is the gets the second most ice time of any forward behind Jack Eichel and the fourth most ice time on the team. He basically plays about 19 and change, just under 20 minutes, just under a third of the game. He's on the ice when the game's close, late in the game. He's going to be on there for sure. He got zero shots last game, but he had three shot attempts. So had those gotten through, he would have got the two and a half. And this, this uh, prop has been juicy under the entire series. I think it's about plus 100 right now. So if I can get it plus money, I'd probably be on the Mark Stone two and a half shots, the over two and a half shots, if I can get that at plus money. But I'm definitely going to be on Vegas on the puck line at plus 160. Uh, I think they win, and I think there's a good chance that, like I said, if the, the game is close late, uh, Florida's going to be pulling the goalie early. Not going to pull it with a minute left or less like they might in the regular season. They're going to be pulling the goalie a little earlier. And that allows Vegas to get that empty net goal and get over the puck line. So Vegas plus 160 on the puck line, probably on the Mark Stone uh, over two and a half shots. So I'm going to take a quick break and then I'm going to hit the diamond where there is a full slate, typical Tuesday night, full slate of 15 games. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. On to the diamond we go. And with no NBA left, uh, although the draft is next week, and if Vegas closes out the NHL uh, Stanley Cup, Tonight, there'll be no hockey left. There could be a lot of baseball in this show for the next while. We're going to get into some um, NFL. We're going to get some college football. I've got some early season lines I like, some season totals I like. But for the next little while, it's probably going to be a lot of baseball. So let's get started. On the diamond, we go to Detroit, 640 in the east, where the Tigers are hosting the Braves. And... Detroit is coming in off a win last night over Atlanta. They trailed, uh, where are we here, four. It was 4 nothing going to the bottom seven. 4-1, they made it 4-1. 5-1 going to the bottom eight. 
Bottom of the ninth, 5-2, they put three runs up to tie it and win in the bottom of the tenth. The Tigers beat the Braves. So is that going to continue tomorrow? I'm not so sure. You can get the home Tigers at plus 220 on the money line. The road Braves at minus 260. Total here is eight, juice to the over at minus 120. I actually got this earlier today. Um, I got the under eight at minus 115 because I think it's a pretty good pitching matchup. So for Atlanta, you get their ace, Spencer Strider on the hill, 73 and two-thirds innings, 3.79 ERA, 1.09 whip, 121 strikeouts. So it should be able to limit the Tigers' bats. On the flip side, you get Reese Olsen. Who is Reese Olsen, you ask? Well, he started two games for Detroit, 10 innings, 2.70 ERA, just two walks, nine strikeouts, uh, 0.70 whip. Now, obviously, he's only pitched two games, but pitch against the Phillies, Tigers lost both games. Tigers' offense is a little anemic these days, but uh, pitch against Philly, sorry, first game against uh, the White Sox, five innings, two hits, two earned runs, a walk, six strikeouts. Then he went against Philly, a better offense, five innings, three hits, one earned run, uh, one walk, and three strikeouts. So... Not a huge prospect and not someone I think can really shut down the Atlanta bats completely, but he's pitched well and Spencer Strider has been dominant. So I could see him shutting down Detroit, but I can't back them at minus 260. So I think it could be a low scoring game. And that's why I grabbed the under, um, under eight and a half. When I look at the numbers here, the under is getting 48% of the money, but 88, 48% of the bets and 88% of the money. Now that most of that probably came in at eight and a half. So if you can get an eight and a half and jump on it, even if it's at minus 115, minus 120, I got it minus 115. But even at eight, uh, juice to the, uh, well, DraftKings is plus 100 right now. I think I'd even take the under eight. If they get the eight, it's a push. Uh, but I think this is going to be a low scoring game. Detroit's offense has been brutal lately. That's their first win. And I think, I think they've, I think they've lost every game in June. So that's their first win. Um, but I don't really see them getting to Strider. And Atlanta's offense has been struggling a little bit lately. I think they can get the Wilson, but they're going to have to put up, I think, most of those eight runs. So I'm on the under this game for sure. Next game in Baltimore, an AL East division battle where the Blue Jays are in town. You can get the home O's as the underdog at plus 120 and the Road Jays at minus 140 here. Totals eight and a half, choose to the over at minus 120. And the reason is Chris Bassett is on the hill for the earth. The reason the Jays are the favorite are Chris Bassett is on the hill for the Jays. 82 innings, pitched 3.29 ERA, 1.02 whip. Been doing well, had a couple bad games, but he's been very, very consistent and quite good. For Baltimore, 70, um, Dean Kramer's on the hill, the righty. 4.89 ERA over 70 innings, 1.44 whip. I like the Jays to win this. Uh, the Jays are minus 140. As I said, I can't really back that on the run line. Uh, they are plus 115. I like the Jays to win in Baltimore, though. I'm not really sure. Uh, I really want to back them to win by two runs. So stay away from me. I'm not on this game. I think the Jays win, but don't really want to back them at minus 140. The next game. 7-10 in the East. The old Subway Series is restarting. We get the Yankees playing the Mets. You can get the home Mets at minus 145. You can get the road Yankees at plus 125. Totally are 7.5. Juicy over 
at minus 120. I lean to the over, but at minus 120, can't really touch this. When I look at the numbers uh, on the over, 73% of the bets and 89% of the money is on the over. If you can get better, if you can get um, over seven and a half, but well, if you can get minus 110 or minus 115, uh, I would jump on that. It's probably moving to eight. And you know what? I might even lean there. It's kind of a stay away from me, though. On the hill for uh, the Mets is Max Scherzer. And he has been uh, good, but not great. 53, by his standards, 53 and a third innings, 3.71 ERA, 1.18 whip, 58 strikeouts to do his Max Scherzer thing. On the flip side is Luis Severino for the Yankees, 20 and a third innings, 5.75 ERA, and a 1.33 whip. Um, the, the, the Yankees lineup is just struggling. I mean, I like the Mets here. I don't like them at minus 145 on the run line. They're, they're plus 140. Don't like taking the home team, uh, on the run line. If anything, I would lean there, but I would like to get that over at seven and a half or maybe even eight. Cause I think Severino can have a few runs. Like, um, make sure you can be had, but the problem is the Yankees lineup without judge isn't quite what it is regularly. So game's pretty much a stay away from me. Should be fun to watch for sure, but not going to be on it. Next game is in Boston where we have the Rockies continuing the series. The home Red Sox, a big minus 225 favorite. The road Rockies plus 190. Total here is 10. Uh, Juicy under at minus 120. And when I look at the number, uh, the only thing that stands out is the Rockies are getting <clears> – <throat> 19% on the money line, 19% of the money, but 46%, sorry, 19% of the bets, but 46% of the money. So some of the big money, some of the respective money is coming in. That's because it's plus 190. And I think that's because it is because of the pitch, pitching matchup. On the hill for Colorado, it's Chase Anderson, 27 innings, 2.67 area, 1.07 whip. He's done well, but he's not really that strong a pitcher, I don't think. Cutter Crawford, uh, the young pitcher, for Boston is on the hill, 36 and two thirds, 3.680 ERA, just six walks and 36 strikeouts, 1.01 whip. I like the Red Sox, but can't back them minus 225. On the run line, they're minus 120. Can't back them there either. Money's coming in the Rockies because it's a plus, one, plus 190, but the Rockies in the road are brutal. I can't really back Colorado, although they did come back tonight, and I think they're they're uh, about to win. Uh, they're going to win the game, but. Um, yeah, there's value there at plus 190. I just don't really like in Boston, especially. It's probably gonna be a lot of runs scored. Don't really want to back the Rockies at that. So, uh, hard pass, a quick pass on that game. Next game, which I think is probably one of the best, if not the best, pitching matchups of the night: Milwaukee Brewers in Minnesota to play the Twins. The home Twins are minus 125 on the money line. The road Brew Crew plus 105. And totally over seven and a half, juice to the over at minus 115. So obviously a pitcher's duel expected. On the bump for Minnesota is righty Pablo Lopez, 78 in the third innings, 4.25 ERA, 1.14 whip. Opposing him for Milwaukee is their ace, Corbin Burns, 72 and two thirds, 3.36 ERA, 1.08 whip. Um, I actually like Milwaukee here catching the plus money. Uh, just because Burns has been pitching well lately, 
And Lopez got off to a very hard, a very hot start. And through the first month of the year, looked like, um, well, along with his partner, Joe Ryan in Minnesota, uh, a Cy Young contender, but he's definitely slowed down a little. And Corbin Burns has been pitching really well. His last outing against Baltimore, uh, at home, eight innings, two hits. Baltimore's a good offense. No runs, no walks, nine strikeouts. Part of that, at Cincinnati, tough place to pitch, but six innings, two hits, three and runs, a walk, and four strikeouts. Part of that, at home against San Francisco, who has been a pretty good offense, seven innings, four hits, one earned run, uh, three walks, and eight strikeouts. Got hit around a little before that against Houston. But uh, I like to uh, uh, Burns' pitch recently, and you know his track record over his career shows that uh, he is, to me, one of the top ten pitchers probably in Major League Baseball. Pablo Lopez, on the other hand, uh, is coming off a good game at – uh, against Tampa, Brewers lost 2-1, pitched seven innings, five hits, one earned run, a, a walk, and six strikeouts. But prior to that, against Cleveland, not a good offense at home, five and two-thirds, eight hits, six earned runs, one walk, five strikeouts. Against the Jays before that, uh, five and two-thirds, five hits, four earned runs, three walks, six strikeouts. The odd thing is, the funny thing is, his great, his good outing against Tampa, they lost, his bad outings against Cleveland and Toronto, they won. Uh, so, which is odd because Minnesota's offense is kind of scuffling these days. Well, most of the year, I think. So, if anything, I just back Burns. I think Burns is a better pitcher. Uh, Milwaukee's offense is, is not great. They're brutal against lefties, little better against righties. So, if anything, I back the Twins, catching plus money, but not really on this game and probably won't be. The next game is in St. Louis where the Cardinals are hosting the Giants. You can get the cards as a home favorite at minus 115. The Road Giants at minus 105. Total here is 8.5, juice to the over at uh, minus one eight and a half at minus 115. For St. Louis, righty Jack Flaherty is on the hill. Six and nine and a third innings. 5.1, sorry, 4.15 ERA, 1.5 whip, giving up a runner and a half, basically, or, uh, per inning. Not good, but he's pitched better lately. Alex Cobb, the righty for the Giants on the on the bump. 74 and two-thirds, 3.01 ERA, 1.35 whip. At first, I was all over the Giants. Uh, I was wondering why St. Louis is favored here. Um, their offense has been brutal, really struggling, and the Giants' offense has actually been pretty good. But when I look deeper into Flaherty, He's actually pitched quite well lately, which surprised me, given uh, what he's done all year. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. 
Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Or not all year, but but the way he started, he was basically unbackable. But his last few outings have been decent. Last game at Texas, to me, arguably the best offense in baseball right now. Uh, six innings, three hits, no earned runs, five walks, eight strikeouts, and they won one nothing. Prior to that, against Pittsburgh, five and a third, six innings, one hit, one earned run a walk and six strikeouts. Prior to that, against Cleveland, seven innings, seven hits, one earned run, a walk, four strikeouts. Against the Dodgers, also one of the best offenses in baseball. Uh, four and two-thirds, got beat up a little, four hits, three earned runs, four walks, which has been his Achilles heel, but he's managed to keep it under control except for that game, five strikeouts. Before that, against Milwaukee, not a great offense, but better against righty, seven innings, three hits, no earned runs, two walks, and 10 strikeouts. So Flaherty's turned it around. And I'm kind of looking towards backing him. I may pull the trigger, but I'm not sure. I don't see a whole lot of money going either way, except the total. Total's eight and a half. 56% of the bets, 91% of the money, so the respective money coming in in the over. And I'm not really sure I'm on that. Uh, Cobb's a good pitcher. And... Good, but not great. But St. Louis's offense has been struggling. And I think Flaherty can can uh, can shut down the Giants. So I'm not on there yet in minus 115. That gets a little better if it gets minus 110, minus one. If it gets minus 110, I'll probably be on, on St. Louis. And I, I think Flaherty is getting not disrespected because he's had a pretty mediocre year, one and a half whip and a 4.15 ERA. But he has pitched better lately. So I'm leaning towards St. Louis in that game. The next game is in Chicago, where the Cubbies are hosting the Pirates. Now, all I can get here, uh, no total. Obviously, waiting to see what the wind is, but all I can get is money line. The home Cubbies, minus 145 in the money line. The road Pirates, plus 125. Jameson Tyon on the bump for the Cubbies. The righty, 4.42 in a third innings, 7.02 ERA, 1.54 whip. Not good. Versus Luis, Luis Ortiz for Pittsburgh, 27 and two-thirds innings, 4.23 ERA and 1.81 whip. Now, the thing with Tyon is his underlying numbers are a lot better than what he has shown. And what I mean by that is he comes in, Tyon comes in, Tyon comes in with an ERA of 7.02. That is terrible. However, expected ERA is 5.60. So a run and a half less. His FIP is 4.67, expected FIP at 4.76, so even less than that. He's the victim of some uh, pretty bad luck. He's got a BABIP, batting average on balls in play, of 336. That is way above league average. So he hasn't pitched great, but he hasn't pitched that poorly. And... Uh, good pitcher, 
I think coming back down to earth in a positive way, so some positive uh, regression. In his last few outings, he got beat up by LA last game. Five and a third, five hits, four and runs, four walks, five strikeouts, but also gave up two home runs. Part of that against San Diego. At San Diego, five and two thirds, three hits, an earned run, no walks, and three strikeouts. He got hit around a previously uh, a few games before that. So he has not been pitching well. I'm not trying to say that uh, he's a complete vic- victim of bad luck, but um, I don't think his numbers are as bad. He's not, he's not a seven plus ERA and a 1.5, one and a half whip plus kind of pitcher. However, um, he hasn't pitched well. And Luis Ortiz, I'm not really a fan of 1.81 whip. I think there's uh, some negative regression there, potentially even more. I just don't like the Cubbies at minus 145. If this line, depending on where the wind goes tomorrow, it might kind of change. But if this gets met down to more of a 115, 120, I don't think it will. But then I would be on the Cubs. But at this number, can't really back them there. Next game is in Kansas City where the uh, Reds continue their series against the Royals. You can get the home rolls at minus 115, the Royal Reds at minus 105. Total here is 9.5. Juice to the over at minus 115. Uh, when I look at the splits, the only number that really stands out, well, on the money line, uh, they're minus 105. And I see around minus 100, minus 105. You get about 76% of the bets, 85% of the money. So most of the money is coming in on the Reds. But also on the over, 9.5. Obviously, juiced up to minus 115. It's moving up. I see 55% of the bets and 83% of the money on the over. And I'm, you know what? I, I, I back the over there. I like it, but it's in Coffin Stadium in Kansas City. And I'm not sure either of these offenses can get there. And the reason is there are two pretty bad pitchers going. And Kansas City's offense has been dreadful. Cincinnati's waking up with their Ellie Dela Cruz prospect uh, there and some other young guys. But I'm not really sure in Kansas City we're going to get to 10 runs. So the pitching matchup for the Royals, uh, righty Jordan Lyles, 73 and two-thirds innings, 6.84 ERA, 1.29 whip. Those are bad numbers. Uh, Brandon Williamson, the lefty for Cincinnati, not a whole lot better. 26 and two-thirds, 5.4 ERA, 1.43 whip. So not really sure which way to go. I think both pitchers could explode, and both pitchers could give up a lot of runs. Um, so, you know, it's not quite a coin flip. Uh, the Royals are minus 115. The Reds are minus 105. So there's a slight lean towards the Royals. Don't really want to back either team here. If anything, if there's any lining and look at, it's going to be the Reds' first five team total, which I see on DraftKings' first five uh, over two and a half, minus 105. Probably be on that. I think that I like the Reds' offense a little. I, and Lyles has just been, um, frankly, he's been horrendous. Hate to say that about a guy, but he's really struggled all year long. Uh, against Miami, last game, Miami. Not a good offense at Miami at Pitcher's Park. Seven innings, six hits, five earned runs. Versus Colorado at home. Um, pitch well, five innings, two hits, one earned run. Before that, against Washington, decent but not great offense. Uh, five innings, six hits, five earned runs. 
gave up two home runs. At the White Sox, definitely not a good offense. Five innings, four hits, five runs, four were earned. Prior to that against Milwaukee, two and a third innings, four hits, seven earned runs. Prior to that, again against Chicago at home, went nine innings, six hits, four earned runs. Versus Baltimore before that, five innings, six hits, six earned runs. Minnesota before that, four innings, seven hits, seven earned runs. The Angels before that, six innings, four hits, four earned runs. So, uh, can you give up a few runs in the first five innings? I think so. And I'm probably going to lean towards the Reds here. First five total. Uh, over two and a half, but only minus 105. He's just been, I know it's in Coffin Stadium, like I said, but he's just been so bad. His record is 0 and 10. 0 and 10. That's, we're what, 40% of the way through the season? I don't think he's going 0 and 20. But, uh, oh my gosh, that is a bad, bad record for Mr. Lyle. So I'd probably lean Cincinnati first five team total over two and a half. That's about all I could look at in that game. Next game, we're in Houston where the Nats are in town. You get the home throws at minus 260 and Washington at plus 220 on the money line. You can get a total eight and a half here, juice to the under at minus 115. And all I see for sides, I see obviously the Strohs are huge favorites, but the Nats run line, which would be plus 105, I see 24% of the money, 73% of the bets. I can't really back that. Hunter Brown's been doing well. He comes in 68 and a third innings, 3.69 ERA, 1.21 whip, 79 strikeouts, so more than a batter inning. Corbin has righted the ship this year. And I still, I still can't back him. 73 and two-thirds innings, 4.89 ERA, 1.52 whip. And when I go to see what Houston has done versus lefties, now they're definitely not hitting lefties all that well, but Patrick Corbin does not, I don't think, really scare anybody. I'm trying to pull up the Astros numbers. I apologize for this. I'm trying to pull up the Astros numbers against lefties. So, uh, batting average, they're hitting 260, which is 12th overall. Their on base is 326, which is 13th overall, and a slugging of 437 is 8th overall. So, average, slightly above average. Jordan Alvarez is out, which definitely hurts, but Altuve's back, which definitely helps. And uh, I can't back the Strohs at minus 260. Their run line is. Minus 125 at home. Definitely not playing that game either. Maybe uh, a first five inning prop, which we've made a lot of money in the past on against Patrick Corbin on. But we'll have to see where this sits. Uh, if I can you know the first five innings for Houston, over two and a half, minus 120. That's probably a play. That's probably where I'm looking. Not there yet. Minus 20 is a little bit steep, but um, I can't really get... I think the Strohs win. I think they win easy. Can't really get to them at minus 260, and I'm not laying one minus 125 for the home run line. Next game is in San Diego, 940 in the East, where the Guardians are in town. And if I pull up the pitching matchup here, it's actually a pretty good – I think it's a pretty good pitching matchup. Uh, the Guardians send Tanner Bobby. To the hill, and the Padres counter was Joe Musgrove, a couple of righties. Young Tanner Bobby, 44 and a third innings, 3.05 ERA, 1.13 whip, 
and Musgrove, the veteran for the pods, 41 to third innings, 4.35 ERA, 1.33 whip. So Bobby's been pitching well. Uh, Musgrove is Musgrove. And you can get the Padres minus 165. The road Guardians at plus 140. Total here is 7.5. So, obviously, the Bucks agree with me that's going to be a pitching duel, although it is juiced to be over at minus 115. And I'm actually seeing on the money line for the Padres, 32% of the bets with 71% of the money's coming in. Or, sorry, the money line for the Guardians, the Road Guardians, 32% of the bets, 71% of the money. Uh, so, a bit of a spread there with the big money coming in. And on the under, 48% of the bets with 90% of the money. I, I don't know <sighs> Don't know I want to go uh, in under that low. So, if anything, I think there's some value here on Bobby. He, uh, he was pitched well, very, been fairly consistent, hasn't hasn't had any blow-ups. San Diego's offense is good but not great. I mean, I think it's a great offense, but they've kind of been middling this year, and it's at home. So, if anything, I think the lean here is to the Guardians, plus 140. Not on it, but I think there's some money to be made there, or it's certainly a lean. Next game, Arizona. 940 in the East. And we have just trying to pull up the matchup here. Why am I not seeing this? There we go. Uh, we have Zach Wheeler on the hill for the Phillies and Zach Davies on the hill for the D-backs. The Battle of the Zacks. And Zach Davies in the home D-backs come in at plus 125 in the money line. And Zach Wheeler in the Phillies come in at minus 145 on the money line. Total is eight and a half, juicy over. Uh, minus 115, so runs are expected to be scored, although I'm not really sure I'm buying that. And the only thing that stands out here is the Phillies on the run line, uh, 35% of the bets and 66% of the money. So the big money is leaning towards the Phillies run line. And I'm not sure I'm buying that either. So Wheeler's a better pitcher than Davies for sure, their numbers. Uh, Wheeler comes in 76 innings, 3.91 ERA, 1.12 whip, 87 strikeouts, having a solid Typical Zach Wheeler year. Davies comes in 4.68 ERA uh, in 25 innings and a 1.44 whip. However, Davies also comes in with a... So so his ERA is 4.68. His expected ERA is 3.92, so a fair bit below that. His FIP is 3.75, so even below that again. And he's given up with Babbitt. Again, batting average and balls in play of 324. League average is 295. So he's been a victim of bad luck. I'm not trying to tell you Zach Davies is a great pitcher. He's not. He's not. I mean, but he's better than the numbers he's shown. Arizona's offense, um, I mean, they're not leading the NL West by mistake. They've got a good, good crew of young players. And I think they can get to Wheeler for a few runs. Philly's offense is... Not going to say um, completely struggling, but not what everybody's expected. So I think I just think it, it's a value play plus one twenty five. I think Arizona can win, and getting that kind of plus money uh, is to me the only play. Um, you know, Philadelphia's probably a better team. Wheeler's a better pitcher, but at minus one forty five, I'm not going to take them, and I'm not going to take them at plus one fifteen on the run line. So I'm leaning towards Davies. And Arizona at plus 125. Next game is a battle of two very good promising young pitchers in Seattle where we have George Kirby going against Edward Cabrera for Miami. 
The home Mariners minus 145 in the money line, and Cabrera and the Fish are plus 125 on the money line. Totally are seven and a half. It's obviously a pitcher's duel as expected. Uh, juiced evenly to minus 110 on both sides. I won't be touching that number. Kirby has been good, uh, very good actually, but not um, great lately. So I think he could give up a few runs, although the M's offense, the Mariners, the, the M's, both teams, the M's. The Marlins offense hasn't been that great. And Cabrera has been good lately, but inconsistent. And I think the Mariners can get to him for a few runs. So I'm not really sure I want to bet that it's going to go under eight. Cabrera comes in 63 innings, 4.29 ERA, 1.38 whip, 80 strikeouts. Very impressive in 63 innings, 38 walks. Oh my God, that's terrible. Terrible. Flip side. George Kirby, 74 and two-thirds innings, 3.50 ERA, 1.1 whip, and is a 1.1 whip because he has six walks in 74 and two-thirds innings. So that is probably the best rate in the majors. And if anything, you want to grab a Kirby walk prop. If it's one and a half and below, probably I, I can't see this right now. Uh, the prop is not, but if it's one and a half and below, one, if it's minus 140, minus 150 or better, I think that's a play. That's a lot of juice to lay, but the guy just doesn't walk anybody. Um, six walks in 74 and two-thirds innings. That is an unbelievable number. So not on the game, uh, but maybe a Kirby walk is the way uh, – walk prop under. If it's under one and a half is the way to go. Last game of the night, and I'm on this game. The Dodgers are hosting the Chicago White Sox. You can get the home Dodgers minus 200. The road White Sox are plus 170. Total here is nine, juice to the under at minus 120. And I see more money coming in on the over. 71% of the bets and 90% of the money are on the over. Uh, that was at eight and a half, though. So it's up to nine, uh, juice to minus 120. Not, not going to be on that number. But what I am on is the Dodgers run line. I got a plus 110. And that's purely a fade of Lance Lynn on Chicago. Got him on my fantasy team. I hate doing this. I've been holding him and holding him and holding him. He throws a few good games where he puts up decent numbers and he gets into the sixth kind of in, sixth inning, gives up a few runs, crappy stat line, gets a few strikeouts. He did this last year. He turned it around in early June. I'm still waiting for that. But I'm not waiting tonight. He's playing the Dodgers. I don't think it happens. Lance Lynn, 72 in a third inning, 6.72 ERA, 1.56 whip. 1.56 whip for Lance Lynn. That's ridiculous. 80 strikeouts, over strikeout inning, but 29 walks, giving up way too much contact. Gonson, on the other hand, coming in 40 and two-thirds innings, 2.21 ERA, 0.98 whip. Doing his Gonson things. This guy's a good pitcher. Doesn't go deep in games. I don't really expect him to go deep here. Uh, but the Dodgers' offense is way better than Chicago's, obviously. Uh, Gonson's pitching well, and Lance Lynn has just been a train wreck. Like, every game, he had one or two decent games, but every game, uh, he's been giving up way too much contact, way too many runs, and that's just not a recipe for success against L.A. So, can't back the Dodgers at minus 200. Don't want to take Lynn at plus 170, Lynn in the, in the, in the White Sox. Uh, not on the number of nine. So, uh, I'm on the Dodgers, 
at plus 110. It's actually down to about plus 100 on DK right now. I'd say if you can get it a plus money or above, I would take the Dodgers uh, run line because I think they can get the Lynn. I looked at the first five number, but it was way out of whack, so I didn't want to drop that. Um, I think if they can get the Lynn, I think they can win, and I think they can win by two or more. So that's the wrap. 15 games, big Stanley Cup game. I think Vegas wins the Cup tonight in the fifth game, just like the Nuggets won on Monday in Game 5 of the NBA Championship Series. Uh, So I think Vegas hosts the Cup tonight. A few plays on the diamond, a few leans, and wait to see what the numbers are in the morning when you're when you're listening to this. It will be the morning. But wait to see what the numbers are on Tuesday, a few other leans in Major League Baseball. Hope you enjoyed the show. As I said earlier, if you don't mind going to your podcast provider, rate and review. Greatly helps me. Greatly helps us, uh, the crew here at Sports Ethos. But hopefully you have a good day. Hopefully you make money. Hopefully we make money. And hopefully it's a good day in sports betting. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.